Welcome to the Healthy Love and Money Podcast. If you find money to be the number one, two, or even third largest source of stress in your relationship, then you're in the right place. Going beyond how to budget, invest, and do your taxes, we're going to explore financial intimacy. Discover how to talk with your partner about your shared financial life. Let's take the awkward and painful out of money conversations. Join me and hit follow to listen to weekly inspiring, healing, and motivating interviews with financial therapists, couples therapists, and financial planners, and so many more. Let's go on the journey of financial intimacy together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Love and Money Podcast. Today, I have Jason Wasser with me. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist, entrepreneurial expert, and all around just amazing guy. So, Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be spending time with you. Yeah, I'm just laughing as I I do this whole introduction and I look over your shoulder and shift happens and I start laughing to myself. So, Jason, tell me about yourself. How did you become a therapist? You know, what are you doing in your world? Yeah, well, the shift happened actually came from one of my uh, old clients when we used to talk about mindset. And usually the answer is right in front of our face, but we get so flooded by stories and trauma and drama and, and life stuff, right? Which which is my own story. I grew up here in South Florida, uh, product of a family of divorce and a lot of unfortunate high conflict, and um, realized that one of my superpowers through the stressful times of my life was connecting with others. And even when I was not working as a therapist and I was doing student programming and college campus programming and uh, stuff in the, what we would call the informal or non-formal Jewish education world, I was doing a lot of counseling. I was doing a lot of coaching. I was doing a lot of therapy, dealing with what the kids were going through. And also sometimes with the adults in the community as well, right? When depending <laughs> on the board, you know, the, the adult board of, of people who were, we were co-serving this community. And I realized that a good chunk of my day was involved in the connection side, in being present for what the students were going through. But I realized I had no training and I had no formal clue what the heck I was doing. I was just going with my gut. And uh, I was working at Princeton University's uh, Center for Jewish Life, the Hillel Jewish Student Union. And uh, one of my students was going and graduating. And she's like, what are you doing next year? Because I wasn't coming back at that point. And I said, I'm looking into possibly going into therapy. I'm not sure where, what type of program. I knew there was psychology and social work. That's all I knew. And that's what most people think, right? There's a doctorate in psychology yeah. and a social work degree. Little did I right. know there was, you know, multiple states have different uh, titles for it, but there's mental health counselor, licensed professional counselor in some states. And then there's the field of marriage and family therapy. And I remember once I went to someone when I was about 20, 21 years old, who was a marriage and family therapist. And I remember that they asked me questions that no other therapist has ever asked me before. And I found that so fascinating because I'm like, wait, what was that license and degree that that guy had that I went to a couple of years ago? <laughs> Turns out that's what it was, marriage and family therapy. So my student and I, we started looking for programs on the computer and I found the program back here in South Florida and uh, ended up graduating from that and uh, so on and so forth and started my practice and found my passion for integrative and alternative medicine, that out of the box stuff, the down the rabbit hole stuff, that's all clinically researched and uh, found neuroemotional technique, which I know we're going to get into. And then that led me into uh, fighting my anti-belief about not being a business person and not being an entrepreneur. I'm only a therapist. I'm just a therapist. And that brought me into an entrepreneur community. And uh, that also changed so much in my life. And actually uh, yesterday afternoon, I got 
back from a three-day retreat with my accountability group that we meet every Friday on Zoom. And uh, we pushed it to our quarterly four-hour Zoom meeting. And I'm like, guys, let's just do something in person for a weekend. And we just had our second year where I hosted and put together and uh, planned out the whole curriculum for the weekend. And we just finished our second uh, in-person three-day retreat. Wow. So let us in. What's, what was one of your big takeaways from this retreat? So I know that, right, we're December 2022. We're about to embark on 2023. So if you're listening to this and it's already 2023, sorry. Um, but I know that like we, we, we have these big goals that we always set at the beginning of the year. And we stick to them. And unfortunately, they usually only last for a week or two or three. And that's why like gym memberships and Pelotons and all these things that we all uh, jumped on. And thankfully, I did not let my siblings convince me to get the Peloton uh, over the (laughs) pandemic. I did buy the stock and uh, I kind of regret that at this point too. But I, I find that like consistency is the message. And, and, and consistency by itself is amazing. But when you have consistency with accountability, you'll accomplish way more than try to solve it by yourself. So I think the fact that we do these things and we're not skipping a week, we go right next Friday in four days, we're going to be on Zoom with each other again for an hour. So we know what we are coming home with and what we want to accomplish over the next 90 days and holding each other accountable to that. Consistency plus accountability is where the real results come into play. Yeah. So... You're a man with many interests and many talents, it seems. And we were talking before the show started about this neuroemotional technique. Mm -hmm. I have never heard of it before. Um, But I'm very intrigued because I said, well, Jason, what about polyvagal theory? And okay, so for any listeners, please know you're listening to two super nerds about this stuff. So if you're not quite there, we're going to try to bring the gap. But that's why we're doing these conversations is... Because we've fallen in love with understanding integratively how are all the pieces connected. And so we're going to talk about neuro-emotional technique. Jason's going to explain that. And then he's going to help us understand how that helps us understand life in our family. And then, Jason, where I'm setting this up to go is life in the family business. Yeah. So, right, because those are these are all layers that you work in. So... This is the journey ahead of us. If you're ready, buckle up your seatbelt. It's going to be a fun one. If you're not, go ahead and hit next podcast episode. Well, before you do that, I'm going to break this down very simply because I graduated high school with a 1.8 GPA, right? Barely graduated. So if I can grab, thank you. I worked really hard for that. So, um, but I'm in good standing because I know Jesse Itzler, uh, who's right big in the uh, self-development community, the also known as the husband of Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Um, I believe uh, I believe Ed Milet, also very well known in the social media entrepreneur community, also graduated with around that GPA. So I'm in good standing, uh, knowing that once you figure out your stuff, you figure out your stuff. So before you do hit pause or or or, or fast forward to a different episode, I'm going to break this down very simply because this is the way I had to do it for me. When we're looking at anything that we're dealing with. We're dealing with three parts of our brain. We have the rational part of our brain. You know you're listening to this episode right now. You know that you've already listened to Ed talk about some really awesome stuff, and therefore you've decided proactively you want to be listening to this podcast. That's your neocortex. That's your rational brain. You know where you are right now while you're listening to it. You potentially know what date it is, or you have to check yourself to know what date it is, but you know that it's a whatever day of the week it is, and if you don't know the actual date, right? And you know where you're living, and you know what you're doing right now. That's rational neocortex brain. That's purposeful, thoughtful interaction. Then you have your mammalian 
part of your brain. Your mammalian part of your brain is responsible for timeless memories. It's why the first beats or the first notes of a song come on that you know and love for the last 12, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And you can go right into the, with the same rhythm and the same count and you know when to start the words and you know what most of the words are, right? Unless we kind of air, 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 air mimic them. with the, Unless you're me. Right, right. You so, don't know any of the words. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, oh yeah, that's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Or you know, oh, that's uh, right, whatever. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, which is my go-to karaoke song. Um, so, right, but you, but those things are embedded in our timeless memories. That can be a positive memory or a negative or a challenging memory. What then happens right. is that if it's a positive memory, we have something that now starts going into the final part of our brain, the reptilian part of our brain, the survival that's responsible for the four Fs at fight, flight, flee, and reproduce the four Fs. So you'll get that. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> you you saw me working through. I was like, because yep. where I thought you were going was fawn, right? right? Well, there is the fawn also, right? Which has been added on recently. And one of my 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 buddy and uh, chiropractor, Dr. Jay Marienthal, who's a expert in applied kinesiology and also a huge polyvagal theory guy, uh, brought that to me a few months ago. And he's like, wait, but but what about this? What about the fawn thing? And he <laughs> sees it with his um, chiropractic and a lot of chiropractors who are doing body work notice why you're body's going into the same subluxation pattern or stress pattern over and over again. So we can get, that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Oh my, oh my God. Like, can we just line up five podcast episodes now? Let's and just, do it. We'll just rattle through <laughs> happy, it. Okay. Happy to. Yeah. So we have the mammalian brain, right? Timeless emotions. If it's something that like feels good, you want more of that's approach. And if it's something that like triggers something in your physiology, right. in your, in your nervous system, in your stress patterns, right? You can, we can interchangeably use those terms. Then you will, you know, go into flight or fight, right? That, that, you know, right. self-defense. So yeah. if you think about it, for example, right, you're in a situation and things are going well, you're calm, collected and and cool as a cucumber, and all of a sudden something shows up on your radar, and you could be really excited about it, right? The new, I don't know, Jack Ryan season three is coming out on Amazon Prime. That's super cool, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, Jim from The Office. So, you know, <laughs> being really serious, it's a secret job. So, right, that's really exciting. So, you're like, okay, that's, um, I love this stuff, right? And you're looking forward to it. So, there's an approach. Right. You might set it in your memory, you might put it on your calendar. There's something to look forward to. There's anticipation. Now, if there's negative anticipation, that's what we call, right, the fight or flight. Right. So that will create a downstream physiological stress pattern that affects our nervous system, that affects our brain, and then that will send a biochemical cascade to different parts of our body depending on what's going on, what's the weak link, what's the strong link, right? So yeah. what that can then turn into is a reoccurring stress pattern, a maladaptive stress pattern. That can turn into digestion issues, that can turn into uh, anxiety, that can turn into ADHD, that can turn into issues with reproductive disorders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? On the yeah. physical side, oh, yeah. any symptom can go anywhere at any time, depending on what's going on in the weakest links, right? But it can also turn into, I don't want to heal, deal with this issue. This is so big because it's been a really hard learning for me to come to accept that this downstream effect can cascade in manifest in all the different labels that we know. Yes. I don't, this is what I don't know is my understanding is there's not really a predictable way to know individually which way it's going to go for any one person. Like there's, it could, 
manifest very differently for different people, and mm -hmm. we don't really know who's going to manifest which way. Right. Is that fair to say at this point? Like, yeah, and I think we can take a look at that through the lens of the biopsychosocial model of yeah. genetics and culture, um, sure. right? Where you're raised, what where what was around you. I love looking at it also from the lens of the Enneagram personality typology, where you yeah. can see from original wounding and what you are looking for to connect with, and that plays out in relationships, which we're going to get into, uh, and, and beliefs about uh, relationships to everything in your world. So, you know, exactly to explain that even further would be uh, in the world of NET, they kind of divided the world into three main categories, right? And, and they call the first category the world of currency. Money, job, finances, career, time, space, energy, the world of material things. Okay. Yeah. Second world would be the world of relationships. Everybody you loved and everybody who's ever loved you, the world of family and friends. And the third category is the deeper you. It's the role that you play internally, right? The parts of you, as they would talk about in the internal family systems world, and the roles that you physically play in the world in relationship to other people around you, whether it's you, the child, you, the sibling, you, the employee, you, the entrepreneur, you, the person who's trying to save $100,000, you, the person who is dating or in, a, or in a marriage, you, the spouse, you, the co-parent, you, the, right, any one of those individualistic roles and then the emotions around it, right? So now think about it, right? We have those three categories, the world of currency, the world of relationships, and the world of the inner you. And it's either what you want more of or what you want less of. Yeah, right. And that, so if you take that three by two matrix, right? The categories with the what you, the approach avoid, again, right? Think about fight or flight yeah. or, or, or go towards. Yeah. And yeah. what is in your core beliefs, what has been, so to speak, programmed or you've adapted or adopted, that creates what we call your emotional reality. And that's what either will help enhance and right. allow more abundance and great things to come to us, or that will cause us what we would call like, you know, programming in the matrix that's keeping you stuck and not allowing you to get that, which you want to, uh, to get more of. I'm almost speechless and I'm trying to not go speechless because I'm the podcast host and I need to say something, but I'm trying to let this digest because I think, you know, part of what you're laying out, Jason, it seems like is the path to abundance. Yeah. Right. And, and I think a lot of people hear about the path to abundance and freedom, but don't, it just feels so woo woo and nebulous and it's hard to have some framework. And mm -hmm. so if we come back and say this three by two framework is the two is approach or avoid. Right. What you want more of or what you want less of. Right. Right. Okay. And then the three is the currency relationship, want. right? Love and, and the inner deeper you, the roles that you play to you yourself and to you the in your outside world. And so when you're working with folks and you have this clear framework in your head, basically these six boxes, you know, I'm working in one of these six boxes mm -hmm. and you're trying to help people move from the, the unpleasurable to the pleasurable side of it, right? On all three. Yeah. And most times we have so many like stories or narratives or scripts that we're carrying that are not ours, right? That we have to honor, whether it's culturally honor, gender honor, family honor, religious honor, stuff, stuff like that. And, and using NET, because the beautiful thing about NET, 
different than other types of therapeutic modalities done by licensed professionals. So number one, at NET, is you have to be licensed professional uh, and the ability to assess, diagnose, and treat mind-body-based uh, disorders or challenges or right predispositions. Right. I don't want to necessarily call disorders because we don't look at it that way, but you know that's the way yeah. the, the yeah. medical world would put it. Right? You have to have, common language. Yeah, the yes. common the common language of that. So right, medical doctors, uh, acupuncturists, uh, chiropractors, licensed therapists, uh, OTPT speech. Right, what we would call mind and body docs you know, in that world, but they yeah. all have to be licensed in their state. So coaches or uh, nutrition type people that are like selling supplement, right? Not, those are not the people who are doing and practicing NET uh, in order to practice and to be certified in it. So when we're doing this, we're, we're using what we call a neurological muscle test. So instead of being hooked up to an EEG or, you know, any type of biofeedback machine, which costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars sometimes to do, we're doing this in real time using a neurological muscle test where the brain and the fight or flight or the approach avoid or the I'm okay with this or I'm not okay with this bypasses your rational brain. Of course, I want to make a million dollars this year. Of course, I want to have a better relationship with my spouse. Of course, I want to spend more time with my kids. Of course, I want, right? That's the rational, like who wouldn't want those things? Right. But if there's something underneath the hood in your non-conscious, right? That again, that mammalian yeah. and reptilian brain that's overpowering your rational brain, your neocortex, we call it, right? The th that's the three brain theory that I was describing, the triumvirate yeah. theory. So if those are right. not in sync or non-congruent, you're going to have a very exponentially difficult time accomplishing that which you say you want to accomplish because there's some part of you. This is where will power fails us right Correct. this is this is like so many people think rational thinking i should just be able to think my way through this and i'll be fine yeah but you just said non-congruent so and using that three-part brain model is if the mammalian brain or the reptilian brain is not online with what the rational brain is forget about it because the mammalian brain and reptilian brain are far more powerful than Correct. the rational brain. And that's survival instinct, right? So your survival may have nothing to do with that which with the proactive goals you state that you want. And there might be a story. So if I had that million dollars, all of a sudden the things that you aren't aware of, well, who's going to come out of the woodwork? Who's going to sue me now? Who's going to take advantage of me? Because that one time that person took advantage of me for $10 and now they're going to try to take advantage of me for the million dollars, right? So all of the right. things that you think you are like, of course I want to win the lottery. Of course I want my business to grow. Of course I want to create a ironclad contract with this new employee that's involved with taking my company from a million dollars in sales to $10 million in sales and incentivizing them. But that means that there's probably going to be a part of you that will unconsciously sabotage that. Whether it's finding oh, yeah. them, negotiating with them, or maybe leaving out a part of the contract that one day might F you over if you're not congruent with this at all levels. Man, I'm feeling scared right now. <laughs> I'm feeling excited, but I'm feeling a little scared. <laughs> well, so what's what, most scary about this for you? No, I, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, a podcast host does this for very selfish motives. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's not about the listeners. It's about me working out my own stuff. Uh, no, just kidding. It's about you listeners. Okay. It's oh, it's, so. it's it's both, right? That's why I have my podcast because I've gotten in front of some really cool people also. So anyhow, it's uh, – no, I think, you know, when you, I'm hearing you say that, I'm just thinking through like I'm on this journey, right, of identifying where are those self-sabotaging behaviors. So you're right. preaching to the choir that way, but it's just realizing like – I think what I do get out of these conversations is the thoughts I've had in my head about how it works, hearing someone else say it 
it's like, oh, okay, yeah, good. I'm not the only one thinking this. I mean, I know I've read it in a book somewhere, but like talking to a live human and having them say it is like, it gives it more validity. So, yeah. but this can really alleviate a lot of shame and frustration for folks if you can know and understand how your brain actually works. Because there's a lot of people that beat themselves up more than they need to. I don't think we need to beat ourselves up at all. But right. um, you get what I'm saying is, if you once you understand how your brain works, you you don't have to beat yourself up for not being able to accomplish things you set your mind to. Correct. You, you need a path to figure out how to work with the lower parts of your brain. Yeah, makes sense. So one of the things we did at my entrepreneur retreat this weekend with my three other associates, um, I went through each of the, I had them take a test, the Enneagram personality style test. And we went through one by one each of their, uh, you know, their indicators, their maps, their stress points, what they need to do. And so it's not only knowing like from that perspective, what we were just talking about, the neurology and the physiology, right? The, the biochemical response that changes our nervous system and our blood chemistry and um, dopamine serotonin reactions and digestion, but also knowing what's the unconscious stories right. that that part of our brain is automatically filtering through like a supercomputer. And the more proactive we can be aware of what our wounding is, what our core motivations are, what we're trying to be most accepted as in this world and what we do to act in alignment with that. And what happens if we aren't able to do that? Or what happens if we're rejected in those bids for those experiences, right? So now we're adding on a little bit more complexity, but we're giving it a little bit more context to these things. So, in, and if in the Enneagram personalities, there's nine different types, right? So for yeah. me, I'm a, I'm a four. And for years, uh, a four is kind of like the individualist, you know, they sometimes call it the bohemian, but for years that, you know, you have your healthy number and your there's a number that you're at. And then there's right. when you show up on your stress or you have a lot more stress or you're less uh, actualized in your healthy sides, you show up as a different number. And when you want to lean more into a strength, you have to, sh you have to lean more into the positive sides of another number. Now, remember that other number also has their lower, weaker, right? Unhealthy right. traits. And it has there. So, so you have to be really aware of who you are, what you're doing, what you're shifting into. But for years I showed up as the two, the helper, right? And as a therapist, that uh -huh. makes sense. Uh -huh. Right. Oh, yeah. But it was really more about like, I want to do this because it'll make me feel good about myself and you'll acknowledge me. But it turns <laughs> uh -huh. out that the four, the individualist is more along the lines of, I want to impact something unique and special into this world. And when I was not at a healthier place, I was showing up as an unhealthy too of like, let me help you, let me help you, as opposed to right. I have boundaries, let me see if this works for me too, but I can also help you in a very unique way, which is through the mind-body stuff, working with entrepreneurs. So it's moved and shifted the more that someone can understand their inner core healing and their motivations, their traumas, their wounding, the more empowered they can be. And then Right, using the Enneagram as a map and then throwing on NET or any other type of therapeutic modality can help you really amplify that. So you're saying part of the path, Jason, is through knowing your trauma story. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Love and Money podcast. I'm honored that you spend time with me listening to these incredible interviews. I love working with individuals and couples around their financial life, integrating mental health and relational well-being. I'd love to personally invite you into my financial planning practice where I do therapy-informed financial planning, bringing together mental health, relationship health, and financial well-being. If you're thinking that's the type of help you'd like, 
please see the show notes below to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call. And I'll look forward to seeing you and hearing more about your unique story and how I can best support you. Now, back to the show. So you're saying part of the path, Jason, is through knowing your trauma story. Yeah. Yeah. That's really unfortunate news for a lot of folks. Well, a lot of people, I mean, this is this is tough because right now, I, I've been navigating this, and I, this might be the first time I'm sharing this on as a guest uh, versus on my my podcast. Is I think that we're in the age of the narcissist right now, yeah. right? We have the yeah. age of Aquarius and the sixties you know, and seventies, <laughs> right? Right. But, yeah, but, right. But we are. I really do believe one as a therapist, two looking at the cultural context of what's going on in the world. We're in the age of the narcissist and permission to act completely in a, I don't care about you, what I think is right, and I'm going to put that upon you. On both sides, both sides are, you know, the extremes and funny, right? Everybody thinks it's a linear thing and it's really a horseshoe, right? And, you know. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. And um, so we're seeing a lot of that right now. We're seeing that with a very particular uh, rapper and artist who... Uh, is going off on anti-Semitism and, and, and Nazism, legit Nazism, and um, how that's being co-opted and how it's, you know, scary for, for people in my community. And uh, we're seeing yeah, it in, nice. in political world, you know, world and medical worlds and, 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 and everywhere, right? And narcissism is rampant right now. And there's a lot of lack of awareness, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of other, lack of other, a lack of how am I impacting other, how am I... And, and I'm a big fan of the quote, a rising tide raises all ships. And I think we're... You know, we need to return to that being around people who are mindful and sensitive and caring and looking for, right, f- intimacy, which is one of your big themes. Yeah. Intimacy is connection. I see into you. That's right. That's right. It is the I see into you. And uh, I want to not lose this because I, I side drilled you from this, but you were talking about the neurofeedback mm-hmm. test. Yeah. I think I may be using the wrong word yeah. combination. But you're talking about expensive equipment, testing, and then, but there's a simpler way that you do it. So yeah. I want to come back to sure. that and then link that to the couple's intimacy because we, the word I, I use is neurocept, what's happening in our partner's bodies. So anything that we can do to help partners understand consciously that they're reading their partner's bodies because you're doing it unconsciously, oh, yeah. right? So I never thought I would be doing body-based work when I left the field of, well, I left firefighting to be a financial planner and then I became a therapist to help people with their personal finances. And I never thought I'd be talking about trauma and abuse and then body therapy and becoming a brain nerd. Like, yeah. so this has been a long journey for me, but I'm, I'm all in on the body as a big deal. Yeah. Which makes so much sense to me because I work with a lot of first responders. I um, Tricare is the only insurance that I still take. Everything else I do is cash based. So I have a lot of active and, and post, uh, you know, and semi retired and fully retired military. Um, but I've always, you know, I, I've had a very significant amount of first responders in my practice and still do. But, you know, when you're talking about people who are trained to overpower their fight or flight response, to go towards the fear, to go into that, right? That you're overpowering. A, a, a subconscious, non-conscious muscle memory, which is if you see fire, run, right? And 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 the right. strength and conditioning, both emotionally, physically, practically, that that takes, people don't even get right. And I do, I do want to give a shout out to you that served and ever others who have served. Um, the, like this bum rap of they are not right. They, these are people who um, they went into this because you know, it was brute force and you know, there was a lot of ego in this. And yes, there are those people who are like that, but for yeah. by and far, by and large, the amount of passion and compassion 
in the first responder community that I've met is, is, is outstanding. And I, and I love and adore, like it's been a struggle. Cause like, you know, I, I'm moving, like I said, to a full cash based practice. And I really yeah. emotionally struggle with like getting rid of that one insurance panel because it's, yeah, it's accessibility, right? That's the accessibility and the flexibility to be able to support people in a way that I want to do. So, so going into what is the thing that we're actually doing that makes NET different than other types of biofeedback, especially when those that are hooked up to, um, you know, some type of computer system or some type of biofeedback machine. So number one, you don't, you know, that there is a response on those machines, yeah. right? You know, that something right. is happening, heart rate, skin perspiration, um, right. Rapid breathing. Like you can, I mean, those things you can notice rapid breathing. You can notice pupils dilation. You can notice, right. Those are physiological responses or changes that happens in excitement and arousal, right. Whether it's, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Your fate, right. Again, your band comes out and you're like all amped up or it's, uh, you know, and you know, in sexual performance and sports, athletic performance, right. All the same, th you know, the same context applies. Right, but we right. don't know what it is about that thing that is causing that response. So we say we stay very general. Oh, it must be because of the concert. It must be because of the band. It must be. But no, but whams if it's about the impulse of the beat at a certain frequency that is syncing up with your heart rate that causes that excitement. Whams if there was a smell in the crowd of a certain fragrance that cause that, right? What happens if it's the nostalgia of, you know, the bandana that the person is wearing that brings you back to like, you know, the first Guns N' Roses album that you saw in 1989, <laughs> right? And Axl Rose, right? And it just brings you back to this playful, joyful, like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever heard rock music, right? You yeah. don't know. So the problem is, is with a lot of those type of therapies is that you don't actually have access to what's going on in the inner landscape of the emotional reality. And when we're using a neurological muscle test, so physical therapy chiropractors will use the muscle test to indicate weak, strong muscles when it comes to injury. And in the world of applied kinesiology, which came out of chiropractic, where you're now connecting that range of muscle movement, weak, strong, to a specific set of organs. And, and, and Dr. George Goodhart, the founder of applied kinesiology, then started linking all that in the five element Chinese medicine theory. Like, oh, well, if this situation is going on, and when they're thinking about this, this injury and this emotion is taking place downstream and it's connected to this body organ in Chinese medicine, the five element theory, we know that that body organ is connected to these type of emotions. So Dr. Scott Walker who created NET used the muscle test with the Chinese medicine meridians to find where is that emotional landscape happening that could be connected to a traumatic physical reoccurring issue or a emotional stress pattern and you can now muscle test using this approach avoid, right? The muscle test is, is I'm okay with, I'm congruent with, or there's something going on. And it bypasses the rational brain. Of, again, of course I'm okay with whatever. Yeah. But if the right. muscle test goes weak while thinking about it or talking about it or being in that memory of it, right. then you know that there's some oh. type of, and then we use the Chinese medicine meridian points on the wrist and some practitioners use the body organ points uh, as a map on the body based on, again, on licensure and their ability to do certain things. We'll find out which organ system, aka which set of body organs that are connected to the Chinese medicine meridians, which are connected to a specific set of emotions. So if we find out that it shows up on the lung meridian, then we know that it's going to deal with either grief, sadness, yearning, despair, right? All these things that are just heavy. But And then we muscle test each emotion until we find the very succinct, this issue or that theme with that emotion. And then we have the client put that into a sense that makes sense to them. And then we can kind of Jenga piece, reverse Jenga piece. We want the puzzle to fall. Once we figure yeah. out what that is. 
So in really simple terms, what you're saying is for each emotion we have as humans, there's particular body organs that are connected to it. Yes. So I'm I'm going to pick anger. Mm -hmm. Does each emotion have one body organ or can they have multiple or how does that? Yeah, sure. So, so let's use, like, let's use gallbladder, uh, right. And gallbladder, I believe in liver, which is the wood meridian in Chinese uh -huh. medicine. And that's connected to, you know, galled gallbladder. Like, oh my God, how could you, how dare you? Who do you think uh, you are? Galled, right. Right. right? Yeah, galled yeah, yeah. and anger and resentment and frustration. Those are all connected to that. And then you have the fire meridian, which is connected to lost and vulnerable and frightfully overjoyed. Like, you know, that Pollyannish, like, no, everything's going to be great. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's connected to a lot of the heart and the thyroid and the reproductive organs. Uh, you have the water meridian, um, which is fear, right? I was so afraid I peed myself, right? That's the, yes, right? That's, yeah. That makes sense there, doesn't that's it? Right? Right? Yeah. Um, right? Impending doom, those type of things. Uh, the lung meridian we went through before, right? That's uh, metal. And, you know, the people who are walking around with that, like, <sighs> those people. Heaviness. Heavy metal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So um, <laughs> yeah. that's that's that grief, sadness, yearning, despair. Then you have the earth, which is stomach spleen. And that's, you know, over sympathy, disgust, expanded importance of self. Like, you know, they're living through others. Which are helpers a lot of the times, right? A lot of the helper, right. And right, a lot of that codependent pattern, a lot of like, no, it's okay if you borrow a thousand dollars from me, and I'm I'm gonna be an a-hole if I ask you for it back. But I really need that thousand dollars and I can't afford to do it, but I'm gonna but I really, really, really you know, connect to your suffering. I feel and, for you. Yeah, and I yeah. want you to feel good about me, so I'm gonna give this and I'm gonna give up my boundaries. Right. That's a that's an earth meridian uh disposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you can start seeing personality types through this lens as well which is super cool. You know, people are dominantly affected by something and we show up certain ways, right? So how you show up will, will, will either again, allow you to get more of what you want or not. And that goes with, well, but yeah, like you say these things and yet like you're constantly stuck. Oh, but I can't make this as a decision about this business deal or, you know, investing in this or buying because I get screwed over every single time. And I've just never like, Oh God, like I'm just still resenting the fact that that last you know, real estate agent or that last mortgage broker or that last uh, financial planner just effed me over. And therefore, I'm going to be avoiding making that decision again because it's not really about them. It's the unconscious right. things that allowed you to choose that person. Right. So let's then take that over into the family. Sure. Right. Because that's where it comes for a yeah. lot of us. So, what is it about our families that sets us on this stage? Uh, so. From which lens, right? And I love all of these. So from the Imago therapy, from the world of Harville Hendricks, we're playing out our unfinished wounding from our family of origin, from our from the original caregivers and caretakers from when we were a child. And we conscious we unconsciously project that onto our the people that we're attracted to. And that could be, you know, both the positive traits as well as the yeah challenging traits. And it's not like mom was this and dad was this. It's the universal. This is our attraction. And the way I describe it is, you know, if you had a lineup of somebody that you would, you know, that was like five, six or seven versions of the same person, like, like there, there were six twins of the same person, you would predispose, be attracted to that person, even though they look exactly the same. Right. To by their mannerisms, consciously and unconsciously by their language, by their, by their, right. It's sonar. Right? It's just your stuff is reflected and bounces back because you can only see that which you're programmed to see and attract. 
and you will pick that person with that story. So if someone's in a relationship like, oh, my spouse or oh, my partner or oh, my whatever, right? No, 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 no. It's not them. It's you attracted that based on your unfinished business. And if you stop blaming them and you go back into your own story of why it makes sense that you were okay with that, right. why you attracted that, what you hoped, assumed, and expected about that, you're going to have a much radically healthier relationship to whatever, whether it's, again, relationships and family and money and parenting and all that stuff. Um, and the way that that plays out with NET is that we would actually bring uh, couples in and we would have them stand from across the room or even outside the door. And think, yeah. right, and and do this standing up and work with them doing the NET protocol. Okay, your spouse is in the room. Your partner's in the room. I want you to just imagine them sitting there, and we muscle test them, and if it goes weak, we clear it out. Then, okay, then we figure out what that original thing is, and then we move them to the door. Okay, look at them from 10 feet away. See if anything, right, fight or flight goes on. We clear that out until, they're, until that person is nose to nose with that person. And then we do the same thing yeah. with the other person. Now we can do that with pictures. We can do that with memories and thoughts, right? And, and you know... But really in person when, when, you know, that's a really powerful, cause you're bringing up all this subconscious stuff that won't ever get talked about in couples therapy. The word that comes to mind is it's those experiential exercises. You can't, you have to create the environment for the thing to happen. You can't just talk your way through it. And yeah. that's something that's. Yeah. And think about it. Most interventions are neocortex to neocortex, neocortex to neocortex. Excuse me. It's that this is what I think makes sense. This is what I think my rational brain is picking right, up on, but you're not right. going underneath the hood. Right. So uh, I'll give an example. Right. At a conference I was at, someone was like, yeah, I went to like, I worked with like all these coaches and all these people on this, like one issue in my life. And I'm, and I'm like, all right, uh, I'm going to screw this up for you really badly right now. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, this is what I do. It's okay if I check it. Not, you know, we're at a conference, so obviously yeah. I'm not charging you, but can I be playful and show you what I do? Yeah. Think about that issue still, and immediately the muscle test went weak. We found the emotion. We found the, right, the meridian connected to the emotion. We found the original snapshot of when that took place. We found the age. We found the time frame that had nothing to do with the present day issue. Yeah. And then cleared it out. And I'm like, I'm really sorry you wasted thousands of dollars on all those other people, because it only took us three minutes to find this. That's what's <laughs> beautiful about NET. It's not that other things don't work. But when you're talking your way out of a paper bag, it's very difficult to know what's really going on. Well, and even if you can talk your way through it, right? Like I intellectually understand a lot of mm -hmm. things now about my family dynamic, which has been a great gift of family therapy, right? Yeah. And that gold standard goal of differentiation, and I see myself separate from my parents. But man, when I'm my mom walks in the room or my dad walks in the room, it's like all those things that I know and I learned and I've read and journaled about like collapse to some extent. Sure. This is not this is not even them trying to do anything to me. Like they're mm -hmm. just being them. They're you know, most people would look at me like, Your parents seem like pretty loving folks. Sure. What's yeah, what's the big deal? Right. And, and that's like, exactly what I'm describing, right? Because when you're put back in that situation, that fight or flight is kicking off again and you have no clue what that really has to do because we're looking linearly just like you said, but they're nice people and you want to be compassionate and you want to hold space for them and you want to not get triggered and you don't even know rationally what's triggering you except for what you think your rational brain, your neocortex, your linear brain is telling you, but yet some alarm some somewhere in your nervous system is going off and it's compelling right. you and it's overriding your thoughtful, rational engagement. That's what we're finding with the neuroemotional technique. What the heck is that thing in there or those things in there? Right. So in other words, a great example is that I'm actually going to family therapy with, with my mom. And um, yeah. right now, because my parents got divorced, like I said, when I was younger, and now she's finally dealing with stuff that's coming up that's been holding her back. And um, my sister and I are going to support her through this process. And I know how I'm triggered. 
by my mom. Yeah. I know that in previous relationships when I was younger, why I was attracted to the women that I was attracted to because there were certain aspects of like, you know, whatever it would have been. And I remember two weeks ago we were there and I remember like even like compassionately putting my hand on her wrist and like gently talking. Like that would never be me with her organically had I not done not only regular therapy for myself, but the NET stuff as well to not be there while maybe she's going through an emotional thing and right. I could take it personally or I can feel like I'm under attack or I can be like, Oh my God, this is just ridiculous. It's 30 years later to move right. to a place of proactive compassion and hold that space without it in any level. Now I'm still bothered and annoyed, but I'm bothered and annoyed where I'm not being pulled, compelled into reactive versus still being able, I acknowledge my annoyed, Right. But I can still proactively choose to do something that's useful and connective in that moment. So this then all plays right into that last level that we're talking about is the family business, right? And this is where family business gets so messy for a lot of folks is you grow up with your parents as the business owners. or the, Your parents are the second generation in the business. And I think you were saying maybe you're a third generation. Mm-hmm. And so you've got all these family memories and dynamics and the way your parents see you and the way you see them is never, it's so much more emotionally driven than if you go to work for ABC Corp. Right, right. right. And, and it's funny, at my, um, both my siblings got married within six months of each other to their, to their spouses. And I remember at my uh, sister's now husband's guys weekend, uh, down on the Keys, right? Fishing. Very, 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 very fun. Nothing debaucherous, um, <laughs> except for the good scotch. And um, I remember my brother, right? My brother and my dad were there and they're like, Jason, why don't you like, you know, just give up your practice and do what Gary V, do what Gary Vaynerchuk did for his family business. And you can do that for us. And how much, you know, and I know you're hanging out with all these entrepreneurs that are making like killer money. And, you know, won't that bring you more reputation? And, and I'm like, I'll give you one day a week. I'll give you six hours a week. But no, no, you have to come in for the whole time. And I'm like, but I'm working with my clients an hour to two hours a week and we're making radical changes. Why do you need more? Right. In other words, see, so you can see how that like, right. right? The mindset of, no, we want you full time versus we'll take what we can get. And two, right. the mindset that like, you know, I now know what I can do within a limited time, a certain amount of time. And I also know what's yeah. healthy for me and what's not healthy for me. So, right. right, we have all of those layers in all of our stories of how many people do you know, like, they went out into the big bad world, they didn't want to be in the family business, they did it, and they're like, yeah. ah, like it's frustrating, it sucks, they don't like their bosses, they don't like the job, and what do they do? They just crawl back home to the family business. And they're not much happier there, but, you know, th their boss is now them or their parent, right? It's the devil you know versus Correct. the devil you don't know kind of thing, right? And so that journey of of getting to healthy family system and healthy family functioning. And I think, you know, this is the thing that strikes me between kind of getting my MBA and then the family system side. And I loved organizational behavior, right? right. Which is the psychology of group dynamics and business. Correct. And you realize like families are just a group of people. I mean, they have a unique position and they have some psychological, but they're a system, they're an organization and they're actually very predictable. And this is the thing I like that big middle hurdle to, to cross it's like everyone's like oh my family is so unique um family therapy and family systems would say your family is not unique it falls in some pretty classic patterns and Correct. we know these patterns of functioning are less healthy than these patterns of functioning yeah. it's actually quite understandable right and it goes back down to boundaries it goes back to assumptions and expectations and rules and roles and all those things that you're talking about too 
it reminds me, I was at a conference recently. I said, look, if we can figure out how to put a man on the moon, uh, we can figure out how families work. Mm -hmm. And we, we have. Like it's it's noble, and so working with someone like Jason or another marriage and family therapist that gets the family systems piece. But I, I hope what everyone's heard in this interview today is that Jason has gone way above and beyond what's required of a therapist in his learning. Like twenty x, hundred x. I don't even know how to measure, but his understanding of the different levels of being human and functioning are profound and integrative. And so when you're thinking about therapy for yourself. Jason, I'm going to put you on a pedestal for a moment Thanks. and say, Jason is the type of person you want to be looking for because he's done his homework, he keeps doing his homework, and I'm sure will continue to do his homework and keep learning. And so, Jason, as we bring this conversation to a close, what's one parting piece of advice, guidance, therapy, intervention, or you know, good bottle of scotch you would recommend? So my, my, my go-to good bottle of scotch, uh, man... So the Founders Reserve, I think it's a McAllen or I can't remember the, the brand, but it's a good $30, $35. If you want to get a gift and you don't know what gift to give someone for the holiday season and you think or know they're into scotch, uh, the Founders Reserve is usually a good entry-level price point that you would not know is as cheap as it is. Um, my go-to is Talisker Storm, which is a little bit of a, the next step up. But as far as, um, I've actually gotten really into coffee over the last six months. Like I thought I was a snob with that, but I like really, really, really good pour over. And like, so that's that's a... That was the last end of the pandemic's, you know, little hobby that I got into. But as far as like personal growth, I think that, you know, I like simplicity over complexity. And there's that Oliver Wendell Holmes quote that I'm going to screw up, but you guys can Google it uh, on your free time. But it says something along the lines of, I wouldn't give my life for complexity on the far side of simplicity, but I'd give everything for simplicity on the far side of complexity. And I think that we as humans are consistently and constantly making everything way more difficult than we need to. And I'm absolutely convinced with certainty as we go into 2023, we're wrapping up 2022, that the answer when you stop, when you take a moment, when you get outside of your story, when you stop beating yourself up at as right as you were saying, right, that we start bad. crapping on ourselves and all those things, right? I, we The answer is usually already innately in you. And sometimes, many times, you need to find someone who can help you figure out what your patterns are, your assumptions, your expectations, your beliefs that are absolutely not getting you the result that you desire. And I think that's what it is. I think that's why people do better with personal trainers. I think that's why people do better with nutritionists. I think that's why people do better when they're meal planning. I think that's why people work and become strategically more financially savvy when they're working with financial planners and financial experts and CFPs and right and and, and all the stuff in the world that you are doing because you are helping unpackage stuff that other people can't see. You're the high beams. You're the side view mirrors. You're the rear view mirror. Well, and I think, you know, kind of playing on that complexity piece, right? I've gone through the journey of complexity and back to a second simplicity, right? So it's like, and I think that's the tension it feels like for me is you hire professionals because they have gone from simplicity to complexity and they're back into simplicity. Meaning they haven't lost their complex understanding, right. but they now know how to get the same results in a different way and, and make it approachable for you, Correct. right? So you don't need to go learn NET to get the effects. You can just go hire Jason to provide NET for you and you get to move on with your yeah. life. Yeah, and there's a beautiful network of certified uh, net practitioners all over the world. 
So we have a lot in Canada and the United States. We have some in the UK. We have a ton in New Zealand and Australia. So it's like if you're listening to this and wherever you are, you know, just go to the netmindbody.com website and you'll find a practitioner, a certified licensed practitioner near you. But that's the thing. Like I think this is what I realized, you know, is doing it alone, we can only get so far. And, you know, the teamwork strategy, as cliche as it sounds, but it's also bringing in people who are even one or two steps ahead of you will get you much further. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, this has been so good. I'm going to put it on here that I'd love to have you back as a guest in the future. It'd be my absolute and, pleasure. Uh, and I know that we're going to, we're going to do on mine as well. So got to give, yes. give a shout out and a plug for that when we're, when we're going to have you on the You Winning Life podcast. Winning Life podcast. That's the name of your you podcast. You Winning Life. Yeah. You Winning Life yeah. podcast. That will be in the show notes. So you can pick that up. If you're looking for another amazing podcast to listen to, that will be the one to do it. Jason, thank you so much for your time today. My absolute pleasure. I invite you now to stop for five or 10 minutes and reflect on what you just heard. Maybe even journal about it. Give yourself the time to consider what you just heard and what it means to you. By giving yourself the time to reflect and integrate what you just heard, it will help you along your journey of learning, healing, and growing towards financial intimacy in your life. Please like and follow this podcast and share with someone that would benefit from being on the journey of financial intimacy. Wishing you healthy love and money, Ed. Ed.